Welcome back to The Secret Runner, a weekly podcast in which I'll be talking to an international Ironman competitor, my secret runner, to get training tips and coaching advice for everyday runners like myself to reach their next personal best. This week we're going to be finding out more about The Secret Runner and discovering how they got into the world of competitive triathlon. We'll also discover what The Secret Runner has planned for me as my coaching plan will be revealed and then we'll see how The Secret Runner's tests went during their rest and recovery week. One warning based on the content of this podcast, please don't run the London Marathon without training first. It's not a good idea. That's enough intro from me. Let's get to it. Hello, Secret Runner. Hello, Pete. So this week, I want to talk a bit more about you and make it clear to people why I think you're worth listening to what it is you've done that makes me think I should take your advice give you a bit of worth so uh, you are the secret runner you are currently an Ironman you've done duathlon and like shorter sprint triathlon in the past so how did you get started how did I get started funny story really it's better be funny now (laughs) well no it's not funny it's just uh, it's a bit tragic in some ways but had a happy ending so I I always fancied running the London Marathon I think there's a small part in all of us who see the London Marathon on TV and fancy giving that a bash um, and I managed to get a really last minute spot one year I think I only had four or six weeks to train for it and this was at, at this time I was not sporty I um I drank I god I can't even bear to think about the way my diet was and what I ate and everything like that and I borrowed a pair of trainers off my brother and I ran the London Marathon. I had great fun doing it. Looking back, I did everything completely wrong. I don't remember you doing the London one. No training, like just went for it. Yeah, pretty much. I I, I remember going out on a, like I say, it was, I had about four to six weeks to train and I, I just did some silly runs really just a few 5ks and then I remember going out one weekend and running maybe about 18 miles or something stupid like that around London and yeah it just must have completely battered my body and in a pair of dodgy old trainers as well like I say I got everything wrong anyways after I'd done that I thought oh that's cool I've run a marathon and then ideas started trickling into my head about possibly doing a triathlon and that was because um, at a young age I swam from about four years old I I, I swam for a club up to about the age of 16 and that was quite competitive club level swimming and county level swimming but again like I say I stopped that at 16 and uh, everything went quite out the window whilst I went off to uni and did everything that goes on there um and then the final piece of the puzzle that actually uh pushed me over the edge to do a triathlon was that i i had a bike that i was commuting to work back and forth on and so i was racking up some miles but i never thought of myself as a cyclist it was just my mode of transport and then my bike got stolen uh so i needed to replace my bike and thankfully, the insurance that I had on it 
I was able to really look at upgrading my bike and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to buy a TT bike, a triathlon bike, because I liked the way they looked. <laughs> really? And then once I had that, once I had that, I had no excuse whatsoever. I had a triathlon bike. I had a TT bike. I, I, I'd just done a marathon. Um, I knew that I had good swim technique and training in me from the past. So I thought, oh, well, it'll be good fun. All of that, yeah, sent me off to my first triathlon and never really looked back since. Um, I performed pe- terribly in that triathlon. I wore a pair of Speedos for it. Is that not the done thing? Is it not one of those big suits? Uh, it's not. I mean, it's it was maybe the sort of done thing they did in the late 70s and early 80s, and the 80s, really. Um, but uh, not, not these days so much. Um, little did I know. And I came about, I think I came about 97th or so. Um, and most of that, the the reason I decided to go on to do my second triathlon was because I came 97th, but then when I took out my transition times, where I basically must have sat down in transition, toweled myself off, maybe got the hairdryer out and uh, <laughs> fixed my hair up or something. But um, once I took those transition times out, I, I realised that I maybe would have finished around about 20th place. And so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do another one, improve those transitions a bit, and I'll finish further up the field. And from that point onwards, it was always just a case of, I want to be better. What can I do to be better? And so on. So I guess that's probably a, a talk for another another episode, but it sounds like there's a lot in transitions that we could go over perhaps at some other point, because um, that's specific to triathlon. But Absolutely. Yeah, it does sound like you sort of fell into it by... Um, yeah circumstance right your history of swimming as a childhood's obviously helped the fact that you could batter out a marathon as hard as it was you've obviously got some residual you know training from your youth but yeah i suppose it's just any training you've done in the past at some point helps or comes back as you were saying to me any running i've done is going to help in the long run yes you know i'm not starting from a complete blank sheet Uh, absolutely not i mean uh any training you've got from the past is going to be useful for whatever it is that you're looking at doing. So you can put a positive spin on it. So for me, for triathlon, that was great because swimming's quite a technical part of, of the whole of triathlon. And it was something that I didn't have to learn or didn't have to get to grips with as much as other people would have. So like you say, any kind of training really yeah, helps out, especially if it's an endurance sport. Great. Well, it's good to know how you started. Uh, and maybe next time we can find out a bit more about about your, not professional career, what do you call it, amateur career. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on and find that in the next episode, hopefully. But it's good to know that you can get into it without, I suppose you don't need a kickboard or anything. You don't need help to get into it. You just sort of work your way into it from... Uh, it's very accessible. Yeah, that's the word for it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, triathlon's very accessible and very accepting. Um, as a sport I'd say the biggest barrier to it is that you need a bike that's the largest piece of equipment that you need for it but there's so many friendly entry-level triathlons about that it doesn't matter if you turn up on a mountain bike a BMX I turned up to my first one with a TT bike that was probably a bit over the top but like I said that was for a whole other reasons of I liked the bike (laughs) Um, but 
yeah, you uh, you can turn up on whatever you want when you go to your first one. It's really easy. And then for other events like running, swimming or, or whatnot, as you know, you just need a pair of trainers or you just need a pair of swimming Speedos, trainers. apparently. It's yeah. the best way to get started, I hear. Just a pair of Speedos. I mean, that's pretty much all you need in life, really, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, running is definitely accessible. Get started. There's like the park runs and 10Ks and 5Ks all over the place. Uh, about swimming though, I've I'm not a swimmer. I've not got into it um, at all. Not done it since a bad PE teacher at school told me I looked like I was on a roller coaster when I swam. So I basically stopped doing front crawl because oh, of her all those years ago. That, I know that, when I look back in retrospect, that is not good coaching. No, so I, I basically do backstroke or, or backstroke or breaststroke now, and I, I basically avoid front crawl because of a bad PE teacher at school. But that aside. Uh, I know running's accessible. You said triathlon is. Is it as accessible to get into swimming? Because that always seemed a bit more elitist to me, like swimming clubs. And it's not something you can just get into down at the pool. I mean, I think there's probably um, maybe a bit of a... It, it depends where you're coming from. If you if you can't swim and you've never swum, then obviously the first step you need to take is learning how to swim. And I would say swimming's not the sort of thing where you just go and teach yourself necessarily how to swim. You would want lessons for that. <laughs> no, definitely. So, but there's probably a, yeah, there's probably a stigma attached to like adults getting um, swimming lessons. But I mean, that it's out there. There's so many adults that go and get uh, adult swimming lessons. So there's absolutely no reason why not you, that they'll have them at every local pool. If you can swim, but you just need a bit more practice, then every pool has public swimming times. And then beyond that, if you're quite a confident swimmer already, but you just want to you wanna become more competitive with it, then yeah, absolutely. Go and see your local swimming club at your local pool or even your local triathlon club because they'll have swim sessions as well. Okay, great. So that's how the secret runner got started. Um, <laughs> all completely... By chance, it sounds like, but it's worked out well for you. Yeah, the only thing I would add, although I did fall into it, I do have one memory of when I was a kid. I don't know if you remember Trans World Sport? No. I think that's what it was called. It was on Channel 4 on a Saturday or Sunday morning. Right. And and it was on at about 6 o'clock in the morning. And I remember being about 6 years old, 6 or 7 years old, and getting up. My brother might have got up and my parents were definitely still asleep and we used to have TV on quietly and it used to have all sorts of stuff on there, trans world sport, of just like sport around the world and some of it weird, some of it more commercial, like Italy football leagues and stuff like that. But I just remember seeing a report on there about the Ironman uh, World Championships in Hawaii I wasn't aware that it was the World Championships, but I just remember seeing all this footage of the um, of this triathlon. And I was too young to be able to grasp the idea of any distances at that point. But what did come across was that it was a ridiculously gruelling challenge that lasted a long time. And, and that memory stuck with me forever or ever since. That was probably some going on somewhere in the subconscious when I started getting into it all. Right, so that's been somewhere in the back of your mind. Maybe that 
with all your coincidental getting your TT bike, doing the marathon. Yeah. Maybe that little nugget in the back of your head, some sort of motivation pulled you through it. Oh, mate. And I tell you what, once I actually go to Kona and I've done Kona, it will feel like the bookend to that memory, you know? Yeah. And then we'll see where you go from there on Beyond Ironman, something else. Okay, secret runner. So what are your top tips for anyone who wants to improve regardless of their discipline, running, swimming, cycling or anything else? Yeah, well, it's practical, technical, dietary, motivational. So what are your top few tips for anyone wanting to improve? Okay, so there's probably plenty of tips here I could give. Far more than we've got time to discuss now. So I'll, I'll pick out a few key ones. My ultimate top tip would be to begin a training diary. Would that be recording what you've done or having it planned in advance? Because with things like Strava and RunKeeper, you know, would that suffice as a training diary? It can. So ideally, you'd have your training plan and then you'd have your training diary. So two separate things, really. Okay. So for this week, for example, someone might have three one-hour runs to do and... I mean, every training diary, you can tailor it towards your needs. But my advice would be to include a little note section so that you can say, oh, my right shin started hurting or I felt had some gastrointestinal problems, may have been the boiled egg I had for lunch. Um, And what that helps with is that I've had it in the past where I, over a number of weeks or months, I I was struggling with some um, digestion problems on on my long runs each week. And I figured out, I think it was because I was having avocado and eggs for lunch. And if I hadn't have written those sort of things in my training diary, I never would have established that. No, that's a good point. I mean, I use Strava to record my runs. Um... And it always says, how did it go? And occasionally go, oh, it was good or it was bad or something like that. But I hadn't really thought like it's probably worth mentioning. My shin might hurt again or, um, yeah, sometimes I've eaten too. I think I was trying to leave two hours after eating, but I remember on one run, it wasn't long enough. And I and I remember thinking to myself, leave more than two hours after eating before like running again. And if I'd written that down, I guess if I see a pattern in that by looking back. So that's that's a good tip, which I will immediately start doing. Yeah, yeah. I would put in there notes for things maybe like what you've had to eat, how you felt. Uh, so that could be fatigue, soreness, how how well you slept the night before. Just anything, I suppose, that you think of at the time. Anything. And and also, also just any data as well. So how far you ran, what time you ran it in, what your average pace was. And then so if your plan was to do an easy run, And then I look at your training diary or you look at your training diary and you go, oh, my God, I was meant to do an easy run that day, but I was running at like my threshold pace. Then a week or two later, when you're feeling really tired and fatigued, you can look at that and go, well, that's because I've been pushing too hard in the sessions. I was meant to take easy. Okay. so it's it's a good way of holding yourself accountable, basically. Okay. yeah, really helpful. I will start doing that immediately. So, so how about something motivational, something to help get people up and moving when they are either after a break, I find it two week break that I plan will end up being a three week break or, you know, getting up at 5am to run. So your best motivational tip. Now, you've got to enjoy the process. 
as good as it is to have an understanding or an idea of what your goals are, I also wouldn't get too focused on them in as much as if you if your goal is I want to be the best, then there's going to be two outcomes to that. Either you become the best and then you become the best. So you're like, right, done that, tick that, what next? Or you don't become the best and you failed. So the way I like to look at it is I'm just always trying to get better. So better is better than best. Because if you're always trying to get better, then I might become the world champion, which if I was just trying to become the best, I might say, right, I've become world champion. I'm the best. And then that's it, sack it in. But if you're always looking at it as I want to become better, then you might find yourself, oh, I've become world champion. Now, how can I become world champion again? Or how can I go even faster? And the next thing you know, you might be world champion for the next seven years. And likewise, it works at the other end of the scale as well. Don't get hung up on trying to be as good as the professionals or as good as uh, the, the best person in your running club. Because of all you ever have to do when it comes to a race is beat the person in front of you. Don't worry about the person at the front of the race. Just beat the person in front of you. Because you do that enough times and you are the person at the front of the race. Oh, that's great. I like that idea. So keep a training diary and don't worry about being the best. Just worry about keep getting better. Yes, that's it. Excellent. Nice. So here we go then, Pete. It's time for the big reveal. Drum roll, please. I've just shared the plan with you, the spreadsheet. Yep, I've got it. I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, this is complicated. Oh, oh no, it's not too bad. Okay. So let me, uh, first of all, what I'll start off by saying is that you'll see that I've only planned in detail the first four weeks. And there's a reason behind that. Two reasons. Yeah, okay. One being that I thought it would be quite nice to only reveal it in four-week blocks to you. Yeah, that's cool. For the purpose of making this segment of the podcast more interesting. But also, you don't need to see into the future at this point, And you can kind of dis- discover what we're doing and why we're doing it throughout. Okay. And you'll also see how, like, what happens in the early stages of your training plan, how that feeds into and influences the latter stages of your plan. Okay, so now you slipped a little bit this week and revealed to me that I'd be breaking 45 minutes at a certain point and I told you off for revealing it too early. But I want to know, how can you um, how can you know that? Or is it just a hoped projection of breaking a 45-minute 10K at the start of November this year? There's obviously many things can go right and many things can go wrong. So we, we never know what's actually going to happen. But this plan, realistically, if you follow it, then in theory, really, that that's a realistic goal at this point. In my mind, this is absolutely achievable that come the week beginning the 1st of November, you'll be able to break 45 minutes 10k. It sounds very exciting. And also... I, mean, I know it's my target I picked, but you sort of putting a time on it makes me feel like, oh, I don't want to let you down. I've got to do it now. No, okay, so so that's, I've put that in there because it is your goal, but that's in many weeks to come. So we can almost blank that out. Let, but let's forget about that now. We can go flip into the other frame of mind. 
we're starting off this first four weeks are going to be super easy. You've not been doing too much running. We want to keep it quite nice and easy on your legs. We know that you've had problems with shin splints and stuff in the past. So it's all about building a nice big base at the beginning and letting your body adapt to the demands and stresses of running. And is that another reason to sort of not flesh it out too far in advance so that if anything goes wrong or if I'm not sticking to it, or I suppose if it's going well, you can adjust it either way? Absolutely. So so whilst I've got that, that goal in there of the break 45 minutes on that week, we're going to adapt the plan as we go along. It would be silly for me to just plan it all out and go, right, that's exactly as it's going to happen because of stuff gets in the way things crop up in life be it injuries from running or be it something completely external to 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 sport um we have to be flexible Uh, i think a training plan should be flexible okay so the first three three weeks are really the ones flashed down no four weeks sorry and obviously as a recovery week so just in brief it's sort of an easy run in the beginning Easy run with skills, which I'll ask you about in a second. Strength core and then a long run towards the rest of the week. And it follows that format Yeah. for the first three. And then it's a bit easier in the rest recovery. So easy run. I guess let's just go through like a jog. Don't worry about it. And time is more important than pace or, yep. or distance. Um, so as you can see, um, on the easy runs, I've put in an RPE, a rate of perceived exertion of three to five. Oh, of course so i should be aiming for a, an rpe of three yeah. to five at this stage i'm almost going to encourage you i want you to wear your watch whilst you do these yep so that we can start to record data but i don't want you to be looking at your watch tool whilst you're doing it so i went for a run this week and i was i felt like i was pushing myself back like i was standing in front of myself with one hand out and um i only ran two and a half k and I really forced myself to go s- slow and uh, I really enjoyed it. I got home and I was like, oh, that was lovely. I-, I feel like I could have run 10K. Brilliant. That's exactly what I want you to feel like pretty much after every single run over the next three weeks. I want you to undercook it rather than overcook it. So um, just a reminder, a th- three to five, remind me how I can keep in mind what a three to five is on the rate of perceived exertion. That's it, yep. It should feel uh, like an easy run that you can hold a conversation and that you feel like you can maintain for hours. I'm not saying you would be able to hold maintain it for hours, but at the time of you running for these 15, 20, 25 minutes, you should feel like oh yeah i could do this all day long so the easy run with skills so that the second run of the week for the first three weeks you've put strides drill okay so do you want to click on the diary tab oh very fancy i didn't see these at the bottom so what we're doing here is we're improving your technique and it should improve your running efficiency and it's all to do with your cadence so in that 20 seconds it should be a fairly fast run and what I want you to do is count how many times your right leg hits the floor. Is that is that the cadence? Yeah. Okay. What the aim and the goal is for you to count between 30 and 32. So you're running for 20 seconds at speed. And in an ideal world, your right leg will hit the floor 30 to 32 times. Okay. 
So I'm not looking at distance or anything at all. I'm just trying to get my legs moving for short periods of time at a certain, a certain cadence. Yeah, we're just trying to get your nervous system used to firing off that quickly. Do that 20 second run and then you walk back to the start. That's really important that you walk back, take the rest because you want the quality in the next interval. Okay, so we've got easy run at the beginning, easy run in the middle with a with a drill in for a yep. few minutes to improve cadence. Then what what strength core? Is that sit-ups, that sort of thing? What I would like you to cover as key points in this session is calf strengthening exercises. So is that like squats, leg raises? No, it would be more like heel raises. Uh, okay, yep. So if you go and stand on your step, Put the ball of your feet on the step and then just raise your heels up. So raise yourself up on your toes, up and down. You can drop your heel lower than your toes. That's correct. So you get more range. Okay. You don't want to over-exaggerate that. So dropping the heel just, just an inch below floor level, I suppose. Yeah, and then raise it all the way up as high as you can onto your toes. Okay. Maybe start off doing two feet at once and do three times 20 sets with a minute's rest in between. See how that goes. And then we can progress it. We can look to progress that further on by doing it on single legs. So some strength exercises for the for the legs. So anything that's just going to make specifically calves or thighs and calves? So, uh, speci- specifically calves um, because of you said about having shin splints. I'll also give you some heel walking exercises to do where you walk along on your heels with your toes pointing up to the sky because that helps okay. strengthen that shin bone muscle, which again will help with shin splints. Um, and these exercises, they don't need to be done as like a specific sh- like strength session here. You can do them throughout the day. I could just walk around the house like that, go up and down the stairs. Exactly. Okay, that's cool, like integrating it into life. Okay, great. And then I know, Pete, that you also do Taekwondo, and I guarantee that you do core training. Yeah, so core, so that is, yeah, I've got plenty of core training exercises that I could do. Again, maybe we should put some links in the description to some uh, videos or some descriptions of exercises people can pick and choose from. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so Thursday strength and core stuff and then long run at the weekend. So in the early the early stages, my long run is not that much longer than my easy run and in, in some ways gentler. Yeah, and this is, we've got time basically at the moment. What we want to do is just make sure that your body is capable of handing, handling the stresses that we're going to ask of it later on. If we skip this stage, then you're just, yeah, you're on a road to nowhere. Well, that's what I tried to do a few weeks ago when I thought, no, I'm going to go back into it hard. And, and I, I think I ran five times a week. And uh, two weeks later, I <laughs> felt awful. So yeah. I will listen to you. It's, you're gonna, it's like trying to build a house without any foundations. Yeah, yeah okay. like You might build it, but it's not going to stay up for very long. Okay, no, I will stick to this. Um, I, I maybe do a gentle one over the weekend before I get to it, but I'll keep it short. So this looks good. This looks like a nice, easy way to ease back in. And I think the hardest thing for me is going to be <laughs> not running too fast because I still have that underlying desire to just, I know I can break five minutes a kilometre if I, if I go, but I, 
I promise I won't. Not for now. I get that impression with you massively. And I can't stress enough, like, you cannot... It's almost like you cannot go too slowly at the moment. Great. That's, that looks good. I will get started on that next week. And, yeah, we can talk about my first week of it uh, a week from now. So, Secret Runner, what have you been up to? And let's hear about your rest and recovery week and your training. So last week was a good week of an example how not things don't always go according to plan um so i did my swim test um i think i'd already done that when we spoke last week and i was going to do my bike test that afternoon i did the bike test and i was happy with how that went i saw a slight progression in my results so all's going to plan there however i turned my ankle slightly in a run and I did not think it wise to try and do a 30-minute all-out time trial uh, run test that week. So I didn't actually complete my run test. Right. So it's not the end of the world. I know that roughly my cycling test has improved slightly, so I would go so far as to guess it, that my run probably has as well. But it's also not the end of the world for the next four weeks to work off of my previous set of test results. What does that mean in terms, like, how long after turning your ankle, how long do you have to stay off it then? Oh, I mean, that... Or how long did you stay off it? Uh, I didn't, basically, so I didn't miss a session. So I, I, I turned it in the morning and then I did a session that afternoon as well. So is that not going against the advice you're giving me? Yeah. Is that, like, yeah. is that a bit of do what I say, not as I do? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Don't do as I do. <laughs> and that is just... I know my body and I know how bad the sprain is and it's not bad enough to stop at the moment. It's healing and it keeps getting better at the moment. Um, And I think it would be more beneficial that I carry on than I stop completely at this time. In the past, when I've turned my ankle and stuff, sometimes I know, yeah, cut cut all training out, just stop, let it heal quickly and then get back to it. But uh, I can't really explain it any better. And do you adjust your running slightly then just to, will you just take it slightly easier or be just be more aware of it? I've not adjusted my running at all other than not carrying out that test. I suppose you've done so much more running yeah. that you have a better idea of, uh, you've got a better understanding of your body than me, I suppose. And also, it again, it's like time put, put into the body training in the past. I know that, that, that turning of the ankle that I did the other day in the past, that would have had me out out for maybe a week or so. Um, but where my ankles and all my the strength and conditioning training that I've done over the years, that ankle is so much stronger than it used to be that my muscles protected all my tendons and ligaments and everything there. So it wasn't right. as bad as it would have been maybe two or three years ago. Okay, well, maybe at some other point we can get a a doctor or something on (laughs) they can talk to you about as well the other thing that was interesting last week as well and how how you have to be flexible is that i had my vaccination yes and i've never never struggled with needles before but my god i woke up the next morning i was meant to have a swim session and i felt like mike tyson had just been going to work on my arm i just couldn't lift it above my head 
So I stuck my swim session that I was meant to do that morning into my free flexible day. And um, and so it didn't affect my training at all. Well, to be honest, you did better than me. When I had my first one, I was wiped out for a day entirely and really? spent the Saturday uh, in bed from the entire day until four. So sounds like you got away with it. Also, the dog is having nightmares in the background or dreams. So he's squeaking yeah. if you can hear that. What's the dog's name, Pete? Hopper. And he's... So he's there in the background. Okay, so um, training didn't go as well as planned, but you're not too concerned by it. So what does it mean for you for the next four weeks? Yeah, I wouldn't say uh, it didn't go as well. I'd say it, it went. It all went to plan, just not necessarily in the order it was meant to. Right. Um, I'm happy with everything. In fact, I'm yeah, I'm really happy with the way everything progressed. Next four weeks now, I'm into the next block of my training, which is base phase two. Um, so I'm still working on that base that we're, got, we're working on with you over the next four weeks. It's, um, it's a 12 week long base period that I'm working on and that we're probably going to do with you as well. I'm into base two of that. Things step up slightly, but I'm, I'm still a long way off of doing really hard, strenuous, intense sessions at all. I'm working on my aerobic engine. So it's still... A base period for you at the moment even though you've done your Ironmans before you're sort of re like resetting or do you do you always start fresh with a new plan absolutely I always always start from the start each time so if I get to the end of the season I might take a break um, but then I'll have a short preparation period and then I'll go into the base so you can't go up to a level and hold it there it just doesn't exist so you're always, when it comes to sport and exercise, you're either getting better or getting worse. You're never staying the same, really. Okay. I do actually say to my wife as well when she runs, and sometimes she gets frustrated. And I say it's not like a linear progression. You'll always go back a bit and then you'll go forward. And the ideal thing's two steps forward, one step, you know, or 10 steps forward, one step back, however it is. But you want to average out. As a, as a graph that progresses but you've got to admit that it's a wiggly line that you go back a little bit yeah it's absolutely. a wiggly line it's definitely an up and down spiky wiggly line but what you want is just for the trend of that line to be in an upward progression well this will be fun then because we're both in a i mean a different scale but a similar position and r- roughly similar sort of absolutely i'm about four weeks ahead of you okay cool well We'll see how uh, my very early base training goes over the next week and we'll talk to you about yours and see if you've got any more ankle problems in a week's time. So thank you, Secret Runner. Thanks once again. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, however many of you there are at the moment listen to the next episode to find out how my first week of training is going and if I can stick to keeping my RPE down nice and low and we'll find out how the secret runner is doing uh, as they layer more onto their base training so off you go stay motivated and go share your secret end of episode one